Hey, I'm Michael, online pastor at Silverdale Baptist Church, and I'm excited to welcome you to our podcast. Now, after you listen to this episode, I hope you'll stick around for just a moment. I'll be sharing about some resources we have for you, as well as a few things going on at Silverdale right now that we would love for you to be a part of. Now, I really hope this podcast is just what you need today to help you in your relationship with Jesus. Welcome to Pre-Service, a podcast all about preparing you for worship at Silverdale Baptist Church. My name is Michael, and I'm with my friend Kevin, and we are so glad to be with you. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for spending time with us, whether you're listening to us on the podcast, whether you're watching us on YouTube or Facebook or somewhere. We really appreciate you taking some time, and we hope that in this today, we'll be delivering something that helps you prepare your heart around this passage of Scripture. Right? Yeah, now, but before we do, I'm going to jump in because I have a question for you. I just feel have like, feeling. you know, there's a little more explanation that you need to give to me to something you said just a moment ago. Did, did you say drop a bomb that on your you. daughter got a ticket? I may, I may have shared, and I'm sorry, dear. I'm so sorry. Yeah, Katie. I'm, oh, I it's, called the name. Call okay. me out, Katie. It is Katie. It is Katie. <laughs> you know, she spent a couple of days before she texted us, and she said, I was feeling uh, so trepidatious in, in sending you something. <laughs> I, I didn't did. text you for a couple of days, but I think it all worked out. I think we're, we're getting there, and, and God bless her. Uh, we all make mistakes, and we learn from them. And, uh, you know, some of that may be tied up in some of what we talk about today. <laughs> Maybe. You know, I mean, now my kids have not gone down that road yet. So yeah. I've not experienced that. They've, they've not, my kids have not called me and said, Hey dad, guess what? I've wrecked the car. I've got a ticket. I, I mean, yes. And I thank God it wasn't a wreck that we, but I've had that. plenty of those experiences in my own life. I remember one case in particular where I got a ticket and I was so nervous to tell my dad and I got home. I was like, dad, I got a ticket. And it was, I wasn't speeding. We, we I grew up in Kentucky. We had a new driver's I mean, I'm sorry, a new license plate. And I had the license plate. I just didn't have it in the right spot on the car. Oh, so okay. I got a ticket. And so I got home and my dad was like, you got a ticket for that? And he looked at the ticket and then he laughed at me. He laughed because he said, there's no way you are not going to get a ticket yeah. because the police officer that uh, they gave you this ticket. When we were in high school, your uncle stole his girlfriend. He's not like oh, your family. no. You get no <laughs> grace from this guy, right? No. no I got to tell you, brother, I've had things I was concerned with telling my parents about it with me and driving, and uh, I'm not sure speeding made that list, unfortunately. Yeah. There, there were some things as a young man, I, I know. So, so trust me, you're not in bad company with us. So, you, Katie, I love you if you listen yes. to this or watch this. And uh, I like not, you. That's not picking at you <laughs> I too love much. you, dear. I am I laughing mean, at you though, because I know it probably. We've been there. You. I guarantee you, we've both been there. So, so you know, if this is uh, if you're new to this project, uh, we don't always talk about our kids and their problems. No, sometimes. Um, <laughs> sometimes we like to talk about the Bible. We like to talk yes. about what our pastors are going to be preaching this coming weekend. And we're in the Book of Hebrews. We're in the second uh, series of uh, series and the second the book, Sunday of the second series. Sunday. Yeah, that's right. Sorry. And it's called all in. Uh, we're 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 learning about what it means to be all in as Christians. And so, just in quick fashion, how we got here, uh, our pastor gave a vision for the year for us to press on. You know, we've been in this pandemic now for a couple of years, Kevin. Yes, and that's challenging to people. Yeah, many it's, of us have felt stuck in different absolutely. ways. Yeah, and so it's time to press on. Press on in our faith. Press on in whatever the Lord is. Well, it's all has for us. Yeah, it's all it's all wrapped our, our faith, you know, wrapped up in that. Whether it's work, whether it's family, whatever it may be, wherever you find yourself, 
obviously the Lord always say, obviously, but the Lord has something for you. He's not leaving you sitting there. He's got a place that he's going to plug you in, use you for his glory and for your benefit. If we're just willing to come along with him. Yeah. Yeah. So from press on, we moved on to Jesus is better and that was helpful, right? So as we're considering, okay, what areas of my life do I need to press on? Where have I been stuck? I need to focus on the reality that whatever it is, Jesus is better than that. Yes. Right? Right? And so we learned from Scripture that Jesus is better than, in, in their context, uh, anything and everything to do with the, the, the law and the system. Yes. That it, the that, Old Testament. Yes. He, he satisfied everything there. And yeah. He was better. And that's where, because these were Jewish believers that the author of Hebrew is writing to, or Hebrews is writing to, he he makes the point that Jesus is better. And then he calls out a bunch of things because they were struggling in their faith, right? They were yes. looking at going back to Judaism. And he comes in, the, the writer does, the author does, and he says, hey, Jesus is better than all of these points that you would go back to. He satisfies them. He completes them. He makes them perfect and finished. Um, yeah. And, and he addresses that. There are several things in here that are important for us today to take away. Too. Absolutely. There, there have been warnings along the way. There have yes. been challenges along the way. And there and have been encouragements. Absolutely. Yeah. So Absolutely. looking back over the last couple of messages in particular, when we looked at uh, chapter 4, 14 through 5, 10, we talked about Jesus being our great high priest. Well, what's that all about? I mean, the reality is, and this was one of my big takeaways from that, is that I wouldn't even be able to pray. You wouldn't be able to pray right. if Jesus wasn't our high priest. The fact that he goes before us, before the Father, allows us access to the Father, and we can draw near in our time of need. And it's something that's that's very foreign to us here in the West, here in America. Um, we we don't tend to think, especially here in the South, we don't tend to often think about a high priest and needing a priest to go before us. Uh, but it's true. And for us, it's not uh, every weekend I need a priest, every day. I, it's constantly. He is our constant high priest who goes before us to make that available to us. That's right. And then... In the last message, well, not last week, last week was the missions conference, but the one before that, right. we looked at chapter, uh, where do we, where we, we were 511 five. Mm -hmm. through 6-3, and the author, he stepped away from talking about Jesus as our high priest. He's going to come back to that, but he stepped away from that to take a moment to warn us. Yes. And that passage was a little tougher. We had to deal with the whole reality that there are times in my life where I am lazy in my faith. There are times yes. when I am acting immature in my faith and, and, and I need to grow up and you need to grow up and you need to grow up. There yes. are things that we need to give over to the Lord. And, and in that we began this new series called all in right. where we're being challenged to think about, okay, what areas of my life am I not all in? And so we, we come to the passage today and you know, bear with us there. The, the warning continues. So it continues for Michael. It continues for me. It continues for us, right? As we continue through Hebrews, we find that the warning may grow a little stronger. We may hear some things that we need to hear. We need to know about. And one of the things that I think we're, we're going to find here is encouragement. I, I challenge you, spend some time in the Word, listen to us talking today. And when we hear Tony deliver the message this weekend, I think we'll come away with encouragement. But brother and sister, keep in mind, we're also at times going to come face to face with our own selfishness, our own immaturity, our own sinfulness. 
And the Lord challenges us to let go. He challenges us with truth about what that sin can cost us. And so we need to walk through that. And, and we're going to do it not from my words or Michael's words, but, but reading the passage here, I think, um, we need to walk through some of this piece and then we get to that encouragement. So bear with us, dig in. Kevin, you want to read the first few verses? Let's Maybe do. through verse eight. Yeah, we're, we're going to break this down. So we'll start with Hebrews six, verse four, and, and I'll go through eight then. For it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift and have shared in the Holy Spirit and have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come and then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance, since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm and holding him up to contempt. For land that has drunk the rain that often falls on it and produces a crop useful to those for whose sake it was cultivated receives a blessing from God. But if it bears thorns and thistles, it is worthless and near to being cursed, and its end is to be burned. Man, that's... That's challenging. That can be a challenging passage. We don't want to get heavy here. We don't don't want to dig in and get really heavy, but... There are ways of misreading this text. Absolutely. I just want to clear that up very quickly. So so don't take what you heard and say, oh, no, right? We want you to endure. We want you to hold fast and and take some time and uh, let's let's listen this weekend to the message that's delivered. But we recognize there are people who will misuse this, right? And and we don't want to be there. Yeah, yeah. Verse nine. We ready to press on? I think we are. I think if you can live with us saying we promise the good news is coming, <laughs> so hang on with us. Coming. It is, brother. Though we speak in this way. Yet in your case, beloved, we feel sure of better things, things that belong to salvation. For God is not unjust so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name in serving the saints, as you still do. And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end, so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Man, so I I really appreciate this, brother. Uh, So he says, yes, I've now said something that's a warning, something that might be alarming or concerning, right? But in your case, beloved, Mm -hmm. we feel sure of those better things, the things that belong to salvation. That is encouraging to me. Yeah, yeah. To those of us who are believers in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, there is something better for us. There is good news. We read about yes. that phrase in a, in a recent passage. You can go back and listen to some of our previous podcasts, some of our vlogs, and learn about the good news that we find in Jesus Christ. Yes. And because of that, the author here says, we feel sure of better things, things that belong to salvation. Because of Jesus, we have that good news. We have not the better looking things. At, looking on, because our so God because our is God not is unjust. Not, He's not going to overlook no. you. Our God sees you. He's, and that's, that's helpful for me as I'm yes. thinking about this weekend, as I'm thinking about worship, as I'm thinking about, oh, man, there are some things in my life where I, where I do need to you know, give over to the Lord and become more all in. I do need to get this sin out of my life. I do need to get that practice in my life. 
And as I think about those things, it can become overwhelming. And I can think, oh my gosh, my God sees me and he must be mad at me. And what but he's boy, saying here is that's not different. what we saw in an earlier passage, is it? No. The throne we come to isn't the throne of judgment, right? It's the throne of grace. So our God, who sits on the throne of grace, sees us. He's not unjust to overlook us. He sees us. So while there's a warning that in this life, I should be surrendering my life to the Lord. I should be looking to find Him at work in me, changing me, making me more Christ-like for His glory, for my benefit, and for the benefit of those that He's drawing to Himself. I should see those things going on. And if I don't, I should be concerned, and yeah. I should I should wonder why, what's missing, and what can I do to draw near to the Lord? But yeah. brother or sister, as I draw near to the Lord, I'm drawing near to that throne of grace. That's right. You know, in the case of these believers, he says in verse 10 that God is not unjust so as to overlook the work that they have shown for his name in serving the saints. So they had given of themselves, yes. plural, to, to bless and serve other believers. They were, you know, there's another passage in scripture that says, don't forsake doing good, especially to the household of faith. And that's yes. what they were living out. And the author here assures them, God sees that. He sees your efforts. He sees your work. He sees you. And going on, he says, and we desire each one of you to be, to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end. Mm -hmm. So as you're wrestling through some of those harder uh, passages, like verses four through eight, as a believer, you can be assured. You can have assurance, assurance, I'm stumbling over my words here. It's all good. <laughs> you can have full assurance of the hope that is in you. We're going to talk a little bit more about that as we get down to verses 19 and 20 in just a minute. And you can find comfort in that. But interestingly, as he talks about that, he goes back to the warning. Yes. Right? He goes back yes. in verse 12. He says, he says, you know, you can have full assurance. There's almost a but yes. here not to be sluggish. Well, and, and it's not just, but it's so that you can have full assurance that's so better. that you don't be sluggish. Yeah, that's better. And, and to be honest, sometimes I get myself kind of twisted around. That's just me. So, so, you know, Satan with Adam and Eve, right? And it's, it's, oh, you can't eat of the fruit. And it's like, God didn't say that. He said, you can eat of every tree here. You can have something of every tree, but that one, yeah. right? And and so when Satan comes in, sometimes things get kind of twisted and perverted. And, and it's, no, he said this, didn't he? And, and there's a challenge. And I look here and I say, that full assurance of hope that comes at the end of the warning, I can have a full assurance of hope because of Jesus Christ so that, I may not be sluggish as a matter of encouragement to just spur me on to yeah. this. I, you know, it can be heavy. I, brother or sister, if you're in a place where you're struggling, I I get it. And you say, I faltered. I've fallen again. I'm, I'm struggling with this. And man, I, I don't know if anybody sees it, whatever it may be. But I got to tell you, the whole point of the hope of Jesus Christ, while we're still clothed in this flesh, right? So that I won't be sluggish. I will be responsive to God. Yeah. Anyway. No, you, I mean, that's great. That's, you know, I, I brought this little thing here. I'm going to hang it. I'm going to hang it over you, here. You're going to hang it over there. Yeah. On your microphone here, because I feel like you need to see this. I, I uh, do. What, for, what is that? Those of you that can't see, when I was in Peru a couple of years ago, Richard gave me this little ornament of a sloth. And that word sluggish there, another 
version of that word could be slothful. Yes. And, you know, I got to, as I shared a couple of weeks ago, I got to hold some sloths and they are that they're, they're very sluggish. They're very much along for the ride. They're really not too concerned about what happens next or where they're going as long as somebody else is going to carry them there. I've been, I've probably been at a place like that in my <laughs> life, in, in my faith, let me say, in my faith, struggling with uh, being a person of action, yeah. right? Lord, I will, I will move. You show me what you'd have me to do. I'm, I'm ready to move, Lord, but I'll wait on you and you show me where to go. I think that that sluggishness is when the Lord urges you, prompts you, when the Holy Spirit moves you, not responding. That feels like that sluggishness to yeah. me. And, and I've yeah. probably been there. Let's, how about we finish this? Yeah, up let's here. press on verses 13 through 20. You want to read those? Uh, I'll be happy to. I see, uh, for when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself, saying, Surely I will bless you and multiply you. And thus Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. For people swear by something greater than themselves, and in all their disputes, an oath is final for confirmation. So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath. So that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner peace behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So beginning in 13 and pressing on, the author illustrates this assurance that we have in Jesus Christ, this assurance of hope he talks about in verse 11 with a story of Abraham, how he had made, how God had made a promise to Abraham. And when God makes a promise, he is sure yes. to keep it. You know, for you and I, we may say, I promise to do something and something may come about that would keep one of us yes. from keeping that promise is as, as much as we may want to, or maybe we're just neglectful. We may forget. It to. I'm fickle. Yeah. Yeah. It, it happens at times. Yeah. But just as God kept his promise to Abraham, he will keep his promise of assurance to you and to me. And that's encouraging to me. Yes. So we've got the warnings. We we've got the encouragement because of the assurance not to be sluggish. We have all of that at the first part of this passage. And then at the last part, we're constantly encouraged by and reminded of this steadfast hope, this anchor of the soul that it talks about. What is that in verse 20? 19? In verse 19. 19. Steadfast have, anchor I like that, that, that example there, that yeah. illustration rather of an anchor of the soul that is in Jesus Christ, we have full assurance and confidence. So the author of this text has stepped away from talking about Jesus as our high priest to yes. warn us, to encourage us, to admonish us, to, to remind us of the hope. And then he ends with this idea of Jesus. When Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest, he's right back to it, right? He's back into the high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And we're going to talk more about that when we get into chapter seven. Yes. So, Hey, we appreciate you spending time. We understand some of these passages can be big and, and challenging to read. We get it. 
But I promise you, I believe that you're going to hear a message this weekend. So take some time, read God's Word, spend some time with Him, enjoy Him, and, uh, and we we'll hope see to, this one yeah, this Yeah, we hope to. We hope to. We hope you're going to be in one of our services. We have a Saturday service. We have multiple Sunday services, different times and locations. You can check our website for those. We even have online services. And so take some time to come to worship this weekend. Yeah. It's going to be a blessing. Yeah. Well, I hope this was helpful to you. If while listening, you realized you need to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to help you with that. You can connect with us by clicking the link in the show notes to our website and then clicking the connect card button. In our weekend worship services, we are in a sermon series called The Seven Commands of Christ. Jesus gave dozens of commands and as followers of Jesus, we should obey all of them. Over the next several weeks, we are focusing on seven that will change your life. We would love for you to join each week at one of our campuses or you can attend online. You will find service times by clicking the link in the show notes to our website. You know, there's so many ways for you to get involved and be a part of what God is doing here at Silverdale, and we really want you to feel welcome and a part. So please stay connected. Be sure to like and follow us on the different social media accounts. You'll find all the links in the show notes of this episode. And lastly, help us spread the word about this podcast. Take a moment to share this episode with your family and friends. Again, we appreciate you listening and hope you will join us again next time.